What is a physician mortgage? What is meant by the term debt-to-income ratio, PMI, and why does it affect our lending abilities? What is the future of physician mortgage programs given the recent current events? Learn the answers to these questions and many more on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey guys, it's Andrew. Welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I am so grateful that you are here with me today. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If you're new to the show, stay tuned because today, like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues that relate to the early career physician. Today, we have mortgage extraordinaire Mike Parisi. Mike Parisi is a key bank mortgage advisor. He professionally has 26 years in lending, of which the last 22 years have been spent in mortgage and home lending. He is a graduate of Buffalo State College with a bachelor's in business administration. Personally, Mike is a father of three, an avid and long-suffering Buffalo Bills and Sabres fan. He enjoys cooking in the outdoors, golf, fishing, and biking. And his favorite movies are The Sound of Music and The Godfather. Well, I know I'm excited, so let's get Mike Parisi onto the show. Mike Parisi, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thank you for having me, Dr. Tisser. I've been looking forward to it. Me as well. So I recorded a little bit about you for the listeners, but in your own words, could you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Of course. Again, the name is Mike Parisi. Uh, I am with KeyBank Mortgage. I am located in uh, the Western New York area, basically out of uh, Buffalo, New York. Uh, My entire career working career has been spent in lending and uh, specifically in mortgage since uh, 1998. I did uh, start working with KeyBank Mortgage in 2013. So, uh, you know, over over 20 years in the mortgage industry and seven, uh, uh, the last seven years uh, with KeyBank Mortgage. Great. Well, full disclosure for the listeners, Mike helped secure my mortgage for my wife and I, and he was so helpful and so knowledgeable among the in the whole process that I thought we'd have him on the show to give us a little information about uh, mortgages as they relate to physicians. Thank you for that. I appreciate that for sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, let's get right into it, Mike. So uh, what what is the what what is a physician mortgage or or doctor's mortgage as uh, as we hear about sometimes? Uh, sure, uh, and and just uh, for the listeners, the uh, the loan and the guidelines also apply to uh, uh, dental professionals. So it is uh, designed for physicians and for uh, dentists. And uh, you know, KeyBank and other lenders out there, uh, a few select lenders, have recognized the uh, the unique financial needs that physicians uh, encounter uh, as as they prepare for uh, you know the going through their education, making the transition into their career field, uh, heavy burdens, um, and I, I'll get right to the, to the big one uh, for medical professionals is the uh, student loan debt. Um, that is, that can be, and it was, uh, uh, 
previously a big hindrance towards uh, specifically, again, medical professionals being able to purchase a home as soon as they would have liked to have purchased a home. So these programs were designed to make it a bit easier in recognition of, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, doctors and dentists uh, have to um, have to tackle as they prepare for their careers. So, you know, the uh, um, medical professionals with entering a field, it's the field that you're entering, I should say, considered stable from an underwriting standpoint. Um, you know, it's been determined that uh, your field does pose less risk from uh, from an underwriting standpoint. So that along with the fact that, uh, you know, you have this uh, in most cases, not all, but in many cases, uh, this, that, that heavy burden of student loan debt, these loans were designed to make it a bit easier for, uh, you know, you professionals in the medical field to, to be able to uh, become a homeowner. Um, and the way we've done that is uh, uh, basically twofold. Uh, the big thing being, number one, no private mortgage insurance. And I know we will get into talking about that. Uh, but uh, no private mortgage insurance is required with this loan. Uh, at the same time, the interest rates are still going to be comparable to a standard conventional mortgage. Um, the third component is the fact that you can borrow more than the uh, standard conventional loan limits uh, allow for, which and they and they do periodically change. Right now, the uh, that loan amount limit is five hundred ten thousand uh, dollars. So, if you're looking to purchase a home in uh, excess of that amount, with a loan amount in excess of that, you are still going to get yourself some very favorable terms. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think it uh, it comes down to a concept that uh, people hear a lot about uh, called the debt to income ratio. And could could you explain a little bit what that is? I know a lot of people hear debt to income a lot and really really don't get what it is. Of course, yes. That's a that's a very that's a big component of being able to qualify for a mortgage, whether it's you know whether it's a specialized uh, you know medical professional loan or an FHA mortgage or a standard conventional mortgage. Uh, debt to income ratio. It's a pretty simple calculation. How much debt do you have as a percentage of your uh, your income, and it's determined basically on a monthly basis. Uh, we, you know it, what is not taken into consideration um, are uh, you know your utility bills, your cell phone bills, your car insurance, anything that will appear on a credit report, uh, personal loans through uh, you know through any uh, uh, banks, obviously credit cards, any other mortgages that you have, and including your new mortgage payment, which would include the tech, the property taxes on the home and your homeowner's insurance calculated on a monthly basis, along with the principal and interest on the mortgage. Um, and if there is PMI, uh, the private mortgage insurance, that's all considered your debt. How much is that debt as a percentage of your income determines you know, how much you would qualify for. Uh, the standard debt to income ratio, it's different for each program. Specifically with the physician loan program, it's 45%, which means, um, you know, the maximum amount of debt that you can carry on a monthly basis, again, including your proposed mortgage payment, cannot exceed 45% of your monthly gross income. That's another uh, sort of confusing point of the debt-to-income ratio. It's not your after-tax income. Everything is actually based off of your gross income. So if you are earning $10,000 per month, 
the maximum amount of debt uh, that you can have is up to $4,500. Uh, in some cases, at least with key bank uh, guidelines, what we allow, and I think other lenders do as well, uh, there's a little bit of a buffer where that debt to income ratio can be increased to 50% uh, based on what we call compensating factors. Um, you know, we'll take a, you know, uh, a little bit of a closer look at the credit history, you know, how much cash do you have uh, available after you, you know, close on your mortgage. You know, we don't, you know, we're not a fan of seeing somebody go into a, uh, you know, starting to own a home with, you know, $700 in the bank. <laughs> if you have, a, you know, if you have a nice cushion that can, you know, that can sometimes allow us to stretch that debt to income ratio guideline from 45 up to 50%. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, so we touched on it a little bit. So uh, PMI or private mortgage insurance, uh, what is what is that? And um, why is it beneficial that these uh, doctor's programs and dental programs uh, allow you to have a loan without it? Right. Uh, yeah, a lot of folks uh, do think that uh, PMI, private mortgage insurance, and the companies themselves are evil. <laughs> They're really not. Uh, they actually serve a good purpose. And the purpose that they serve is allowing so many more people in, you know, in the U.S. to be able to purchase a home. Uh, uh, PMI really started to come to prominence, I mean, many years ago. I, I think it was as a result of uh, really the, the Great Depression. Uh, a lot of folks uh, when that occurred, a lot of folks obviously could not pay their mortgages. A lot of banks, um, you know, suffered, you know, tremendous losses. So uh, pretty sure back in around the 1950s, you know, private mortgage insurance company started. And what they do, what a private mortgage insurance company will do is absorb some of the cost in the event that a homeowner uh, is unable to pay the mortgage. And if, uh, you know, the unfortunate circumstance of a foreclosure occurs, you know, the bank isn't going to lose, you know, quite as much as they could because the mortgage insurance company will step in and, like I said, absorb some of the cost. Um, so if you, if you put down at least 20% when you purchase a home through a standard conventional mortgage, PMI is not required. That 20% down has just been established as the, the benchmark uh, uh, as far as needing it or not needing it. So if you look at it, if you consider that, you know, without private mortgage insurance companies, everybody would need to put down basically 20%. We know how long that could take uh, many years in order for somebody to accumulate that, you know, the, those amount of funds. So uh, the mortgage insurance companies are created to assist banks in the event of a foreclosure, they will take on some of the costs of, you know, the legal costs that are involved in that, um, the cost of, of relisting a home through a real estate company, the cost of maintaining a property while it's vacant. Obviously, there's a lot of cost involved in that. So that's what these uh, mortgage insurance companies, that's the purpose that they serve really is to allow for and promote more home ownership uh, throughout the country. I get it. So uh, it's really nice with these uh, with these physician programs and dental programs that you can not have that little extra cost uh, because uh, it's my understanding just it's a basis of risk, right? So you consider uh, uh, physicians and dentists less risky uh, uh, borrowers. So as such, uh, you can waive the mortgage insurance. Is that right? That's exactly that's exactly right. Um, any any type of credit. 
uh, from any lending institution, everything is based on risk. So uh, the fact that yes, we we uh, you know sell these programs or offer these loan programs without mortgage insurance, we are actually taking on all of the risk. There is no private mortgage insurance company to step in in the event that, um, you know, again, if that unfortunate circumstance occurs of someone not being able to, you know, whatever life uh, changes occur, unable to pay the mortgage, yeah, we're taking on all of that risk. But again, because of the, uh, you know, the strength that we see in uh, medical professionals from an underwriting standpoint, that's why it is it is worth the risk to offer this program without uh, you know without having to require that that private mortgage insurance because again the, these you know this type of a program uh, whether it's key bank or any other lenders out there it's considered a portfolio loan program which means again you know that lender is taking on 100% of the risk um, as opposed to a conventional mortgage uh, is actually supported by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, those are the institutions that basically give funds to all the banks across the, you know, the lenders across the country. And they say, here's money to lend to the public and here are the guidelines. And a portion of those guidelines include less than 20% down payment. Uh, the private mortgage insurance is then required. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, so let's say next question, Mike, let's say uh, you got a doc and and they come to you and they say, Hey, Mike, um, I want to buy a home. You know, I, I got enough for 20% down. I have it in the bank, you know, but should they, should they throw down the 20% or should they consider one of these lower down payment options and in order to maintain cash flow, you know, and or perhaps invest in something else? I know that's probably dependent on interest rates, but, um, what do you say to somebody like that? Sure. And, uh, and you know, there have been some instances, not many, but I've had instances of uh, certainly where folks have come to me with that exact scenario. And really, my job is to just educate that person when they come to me uh, just on some of the things you just touched on. You know, how important to you is, uh, you know, is cash flow? Uh, are there other investments that you are considering, whether it be, you know, a true financial investment or maybe another property? Uh, down the line in the shorter term, and also like you like you touched on there, Andrew, the uh, you know the interest rate environment at that time, you know is you know is putting down only five percent or ten percent, taking advantage of the you know the physician loan offering um, is 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 the cost you know is the cost benefit there. Really, ultimately, my job again is just to give. You know, someone who comes to me is trusting me with really the most important transaction to that point uh, of their lives, most likely. Uh, so my job is to give all the information that I possibly can to someone so that they can make a comfortable and informed decision. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's not always that the physician loan is hands down the best option for everybody. It usually is after we really delve into all the details of you know, whatever options are available to an individual. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's a great position to be in for sure. But, uh, uh, you know, like I said, normally after we have those conversations, the, the physician loan does win out just because the, you know, the cost benefit is there and, you know, can allow, can allow someone to, you know, use those funds, uh, you know, elsewhere. Right. Right. For sure. Well, that's, you know, just to the listeners out there, that's the importance of having a really good, um, mortgage, uh, you know, person to deal with that can talk, talk you through the different scenarios and help you with, 
with what you don't know about. I mean, that's, um, that's the good thing about, about hiring experts, right? I, <laughs> for a funny sure. story, I, the yesterday I had, we have an old sprinkler system and there was a little leak in one of the, the sprinklers things. And I had the plumber came over, he took his wrench out and made one turn and that was it. And that was the whole deal. But I, you know, I don't know. Right. <laughs> That's why I call <laughs> right, the experts, right? right? All right. You're on par with me as far as uh, the handyman. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> as long as I recognize that I'm not good at it. That's the important yeah. thing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. uh, let's see, move it on. Um, well, you know, we've, we've seen a lot change in the financial world over the last few months. And uh, while interest rates are really at, at all time lows right now, um, do you think these uh, physician programs will continue given some of the economic uncertainty? Um, I know we're still probably in a lower risk category, but um, maybe a little higher risk than we once were. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, we've already seen the impact and I'm not sure, you know, up until, uh, well, what was it? Uh, at some point in March, I don't remember the exact date, but yes, that is when we, altered our physician and dentist loan offering from no down payment to requiring a 5% down payment as a result of this economic uncertainty. So we've already seen the impact of it. Um, I know I'm pretty sure that every lender and any lender that was also offering the no down payment feature, pretty sure everybody is down to requiring at least 5%. Um, maybe wrong about that, but um, you know, and again, it comes back to what I mentioned earlier, this portfolio loan uh, type of a program where the bank is taking on all of the risk. That's where you're going to see retraction from, you know, this, you know, you know, sort of uh, aggressive underwriting tactic. Um, obviously, going forward is anybody's guess. Um, you know, because we're talking, uh, we're, at, we're at July 17th of 2020. Obviously, we're all hoping for, you know, everything to turn around. I mean, you know, this is all great that interest rates are low. Um, and certainly there's, uh, you know, an enormous amount of people taking advantage of that. Um, I personally wish that, you know, that the reason that the rates are so low right now is not as a result of this, you know, a terrible situation that we're in. But uh, yeah, this is obviously yet still to unfold. Um, I do believe to give you a shorter answer to your question, yes, um, you know, the the fact that, uh, you know, history has taught us that the medical professional, uh, professionals that have taken advantage of these loans is still, you know, a lower risk. So yeah, I would expect that to continue. But um, yeah, for sure. It's it's already been impacted. Could it be impacted again? It can. Um, you know, in the short term, you know, the, the folks behind the scene that do all of that analysis have to let us know if, uh, you know, if those particular loans are still performing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Mike, what, what piece of it, do you have any single piece of advice for for docs, you know, just getting out of their residency and starting their career, you know, what would, what would you say to these people uh, as it pertains to buying a home and mortgages? Sure. I would, uh, honestly, Andrew, I would even suggest that folks, as soon as they en are entering their residency and have, you know, somewhat of a, I'm, I'm assuming they'll have a pretty good idea of the path that they're on and, and that they want to be on in the coming years, as soon as you become a resident, and you know you you've already made all of your choices there. Talk to a mortgage professional at that point. Um, we actually just in the last uh, I'm going to say about year and a half, we opened up 
the uh, mortgage professional, um, I'm sorry, the medical professional program to residents. Um, I actually really did just uh, close a loan for a fellow uh, two months ago. He started his, res he called me when he started his residence. He was only in his, re in his residency, I think, for maybe a week. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, now certainly, you're, you know, he had to be qualified on his, uh, you know, resident pay, not on his anything having to do with his future earnings yet. But uh, I would suggest talk to a medical, pro uh, uh, I'm sorry, a mortgage professional at that point, you know, so that you can really get an understanding and sort of start, you know, getting your ducks in a row at that point. Because, um you know, there's definitely some things that you're going to want to know. You don't want to assume anything. Um, you know, one of the biggest pain points for folks, you know, in any type of a mortgage application uh, uh, process are, you know, the funds that you have to have available when you go to the closing. Um, we don't want to, you know, as a, as a uh, mortgage advisor, you know, we sort of cringe when we hear, yeah, I just, I've been saving cash under my mattress for the last two years. I'm in really good shape. I've got $20,000 sitting here. Well, that's a problem. We have to be able to document where those funds came from. If it's just this large cash deposit that happened to show up in your bank account, you're going to have to find funds elsewhere. Well, we won't be able to use those funds because we don't know if you actually borrowed that money from someone or from another, you know, another lender. Uh, so, you know, that, that, and I'm giving you just one example of the type of information that you're going to want to you know, uh, be educated on, um, so that you can be prepared for that moment when you do, you know, in earnest, start looking for a home. So I would say, you know, find yourself a good, you know, mortgage professional, uh, someone who does obviously have experience offering, you know, this, uh, you know, a specialized type of financing and, um, you know, and, and your that mortgage professional will be able to tell you what type of documentation you're going to uh, want to have to set aside, uh, you know, information on your student loans, uh, certainly any licensing, you know, any medical degrees, all of that you are going to need to uh, produce when, uh, you know, when, when you do uh, officially go to apply for a mortgage. So to try to get an idea of that ahead of time, that's, it, you know, it's going to help you, you know, the, the obvious uh, short answer to that is maintain your credit. Um, you know, certainly, um, you know, with, again, uh, the, you know, the, the lender taking on all of the risk in this situation, they're going to be looking for credit scores, uh, you know, upwards of 700 in most cases. Um, so make sure that, uh, you know, you're, you're diligent in maintaining your credit, um, your student loans. I know, you know, whether you're a medical professional or not, I know it's sometimes tough to manage the, the, you know, the numerous uh, student loans that you're trying to take on and, uh, you know, all at one time. So, um, yeah, talk to a, uh, you know, a mortgage professional as early as, you know, when you're signing up for your, uh, for your residency. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I think too, um, if you approached a mortgage professional and kind of laid it all out there for you, they could give you some strategies to help get your credit into a better position too. Um, you know, sometimes it's little things that, that people don't realize. And since you guys do this day in and day out, you could say, Hey, you might want to pay this card off or you might want to do X, Y, Z. And that could really get you in a better position. 
That is exactly right. That's a great point that you bring up because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, even if you're not ready to apply for a mortgage, uh, you know, today you're thinking about doing something six months, 12 months down the line. Um, I always recommend to folks, you know what, let's just take a look at your credit so that I can give you you know, the information that you need, again, to, uh, just like you said, Andrew, strategize, you know, so that when you are ready, um, you know, you're going to be in a, you know, a really good position to be able to get what you want and afford what you want. Sure. And uh, maybe set some re- realistic expectations as what you are going to be able to afford as well. You don't want to take on more, uh, more mortgage than you can afford either. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, and I've done loans uh, for some uh, some folks too that, you know, maybe uh, are starting their careers with, you know, their uh, particular hospital or healthcare provider, let's say on October 1st. And we've been able to close mortgages even in, you know, as early if, you know, again, if you're starting your career in October, um, we could possibly close as early as July, uh, certainly as early as August, even before, you know, you have even, you know, collected your first paycheck. Certainly, we're going to have to document that, you know, with uh, employment contracts and uh, making sure you did uh, meet all the other criteria that you needed to with regards to, you know, completing your residency and your education. But, um, you know, yeah, like I said, that's it's critical to talk to someone early. Don't wait, you know, until a week that you want to start shopping for a home. Uh, because you will, uh, you know, you'll encounter some things that, uh, and, so, and be given some information that you were not expecting. Yep, that's definitely true. Well, Mike, let's uh, get to know you a little bit better. Um, what do you like to do for fun? Ah, uh, relax. <laughs> Especially now, uh, when I find some time to relax, it's all good. But uh, you know, living uh, living uh, where I'm at in uh, Western New York, the uh, you know the, the time to be spent outdoors is uh, short. So, but I do like to take advantage of it. Um, you know, pretty basic guy. I mean, I do like to I like to ride my bike. I like to golf when I can. Set aside that much time. Um, like to take walks on trails. I mean, we've got a spectacular area here, uh, the Niagara Gorge, uh, that runs between the uh, U.S. and Canadian border. Um, so simple, you know, not too uh, strenuous activities outdoors is what I enjoy doing. Um, wintertime, you know, my favorite place is my fireplace, uh, sitting there with a nice glass of uh, Cabernet or you know, something of that nature is uh, is what works for me. You know, and certainly with uh, some good reading material in, in hand as well. Yeah, that's for those of you who haven't been to Western New York. Our, our summer summers are short, but they're packed with full of activities. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Well, yeah. If you if you if if you take advantage of it, that's right. So um, you said you like some reading materials. Do you have a, a book recommendation for the listeners? Uh, I'm, I'm quite honestly not big into the uh, novel reading. I do like self-help type books. Um, one of my favorites is uh, Who Moved My Cheese. I'm not sure if uh, you're familiar with that. I can't think of who the author is of it right now. But uh, so, you know, it's a it's a short self-help book. Um, it's a great way, at least in my opinion, to, uh, you know, to get a really good understanding of how to overcome and manage, you know, a lot of the unexpected changes that, uh, that occur in life. But, uh, uh, yeah, as of right now, that's probably my favorite book is, uh, as simple as it sounds. Oh, I got I haven't read that one. I'm a big fan of that genre as well. So I'll have to, 
I'll have to check that out. Check um, it out. Who moved my cheese? Yeah, it's a really, it's, it's, you know, it's really, it is, it's a, it's an interesting approach to how this, uh, how this person wrote this book. Um, and I do recommend it to you if you're, if you're into that. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll put it on the li- the ever growing list. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, Mike, uh, if uh, people uh, want to reach out to you, is uh, is there a, ra- a way they can get in touch if they're local or if they want to be referred to someone uh, in their area? Uh, sure, uh, I am not afraid to put my cell phone number out there. It is seven one six nine one three three five three six. If you are out there just looking, uh, as we already discussed, just for some general basic information, more than happy to, uh, you know, to help folks. I love doing this. I honestly do have a passion for, for what I do, um, you know, primarily because, you know, people come to me, they are, you're literally trusting me, again, with the most important financial transaction that you're going to undertake probably to that point in your life. I don't take that lightly. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with, uh, phone calls. Uh, email address is Michael underscore P underscore Parisi at keybank.com. And Parisi is spelled P A R I S I. Wonderful. And I'll put that information in the show notes for the listeners. Um, if you, uh, if you need some help, give Mike a call. He is wonderful and great at what he does. So, um, this has been fun, Mike. Thanks so much for coming on the show and, uh, educating our listeners about, like you said, the most important uh, financial decision of their lives. Yeah, no, Andrew, I sincerely appreciate the invitation for sure. Um, I'll welcome any, uh, you know, any listeners to, uh, you know, to contact me. And certainly I know you and I will be in touch at, uh, at different points here, Andrew. So no, thank you again. Uh, much right. appreciated. Thanks, Mike. What an amazing show with Mike Parisi, mortgage extraordinaire. Mike has really been instrumental in my own lending and is really just a fund of knowledge. I appreciated uh, his discussion about debt-to-income ratios, how banks view physicians in regards to risk, private mortgage insurance, and when maybe putting 20% down is not the best idea. It was also interesting to get his perspective on where the lending industry is going uh, given the COVID-19 crisis. I think this was a really educational episode and will hold a lot of value for the listeners. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much again for listening. If you wouldn't mind, please log on to Apple Podcasts and give me an honest rating and review. It helps get the show out there. Additionally, if you could share this with your colleagues early in their career or just who want to learn more about these things, that would be great. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is visit my website at andrewtisserdo.com. That's Andrew, T-I-S-S-E-R-D-O.com and give me some feedback. I'm always available to chat on any of my social platforms, email, or via the website. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, guys, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LLC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LLC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LLC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.